Welcome to Imaginately Podcast, where we share stories both old and new to transport and inspire you. I'm your host, R.K. Smith, and this season we're back with Princess Irene and Curdie in part two of George MacDonald's beloved series, The Princess and Curdie. So settle in and get cozy as your imagination takes flight. Chapter 30. Peter, let's begin. At the cottage in the mountain, everything for a time went on just as before. It was indeed dull without Curdie, but as often as they looked at the emerald, it was gloriously green, and, with nothing to fear or regret, and everything to hope, they required little comforting. One morning, however, at last Peter, who had been consulting the gem, rather now from habit than anxiety, as a farmer his barometer in undoubtful weather, turned suddenly to his wife, the stone in his hand, and held it up with a look of ghastly dismay. Why, that's never the emerald, said Joan. It is, answered Peter, but it were small blame to anyone that look at it for a bit of a bottle glass. For all, save one spot right in the center of intensest and most brilliant green, it looked as if the color had been burnt out of it. Run, run, Peter, cried his wife. Run and tell the old princess. It may not be too late. The boy must be lying at death's door. Without a word, Peter caught up his mattock, darted from the cottage, and was at the bottom of the hill in less time than he usually took to get halfway. The door of the king's house stood open. He rushed in and up the stair, but after wandering about in vain for an hour, opening door after door and finding no way farther up, the heart of the old man had well nigh failed him. Empty rooms, empty rooms, desertion and desolation everywhere. At last, he did come upon the door to the tower stair. Up he darted. Arrived at the top, he found three doors and, one after the other, knocked at them all. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Urged by his faith and his dread, slowly, hesitatingly, he opened one. It revealed a bare garret room, nothing in it but one chair and one spinning wheel. He closed it and opened the next, to start back in terror, for he saw nothing but a great gulf, a moonless night full of stars and, for all the stars, dark, dark, a fathomless abyss. He opened the third door, and a rush like the tide of a living sea invaded his ears, Multitudinous wings flapped and flashed in the sun, and, like the ascending column from a volcano, white birds innumerable shot into the air, darkening the day with the shadow of their cloud, and then, with a sharp sweep as if bent sideways by a sudden wind, flew northward, swiftly away, and vanished. The place felt like a tomb. There seemed no breath of life left in it. Despair laid hold upon him. He rushed down, thundering with heavy feet. Out upon him darted the housekeeper, like an ogress spider, and after her came her men. But Peter rushed past them, heedless and careless, for had not the princess mocked him, and sped along the road to Gwynestrom. What help lay in a miner's mattock, a man's arm, a father's heart, he would bear to his boy. Joan sat up all night waiting his return, hoping and hoping. The mountain was very still, and the sky was clear. 
but all night long the miner sped northward, and the heart of his wife was troubled. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad we were able to imagine this story together. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on anything from Imaginately Podcast. And be sure to tell your friends so they can imagine with us too. Until next time, happy dreams, whether by day or night. Hey friend, R.K. Smith here, Canadian author, editor, and storyteller. If you have a story idea you'd like to see on this podcast, go to rksmith.ca and send me a message. I'd love to hear from you and want to share the stories you want to hear with the world.